Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope podcast. Today is the first episode in a new series entitled Kingdom Principles. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you, Steve. It is a pleasure to be with you today and to talk about this new series that uh, that we feel very important and vital to teach to our listeners. So I pray that it is a blessing. Uh, just, just to lay a foundation with what we're talking about here is that principles are important. God's a principled God. The word that we read and study from is a principled set of instructions. We're called to live principled lives. So therefore, I think it's apropos that we teach about kingdom principles and what God finds important with regards to his people. Sure. So today, I'd like to start um, talking about the principle of humility. So I might as well just go there right now. <laughs> so the principle of humility is very interesting, and I do have a, a text for anybody that wants to get a little bit deeper in the Word, uh, we're only going to refer to it. I'm not going to read it, but it's Matthew chapter 8, 8 through 13, and then Luke 18, 9 through 14. However, I will read from this scripture, which is only one, James 4 and 10, which says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. I think it's important before we get into kingdom principles, we need to understand what humility is with regards to humility. Uh, I read this not too long ago of this line I thought was an interesting line that describes humility. It says, on a life I did not live, on a death I did not die, I place all my hope for eternity. Mm. I don't know where it came from. I don't know uh, specifically what they were saying, but I think with regards to humility, there is an impact there that I think is just undeniable. Sure, it's right in line with where we are. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And so um, someone wrote this recently also, said a seasoned preacher was telling a group of Texas young people, as I read, says, if you're humble, you don't have to tell anybody. It shows. And if you're not, well... That shows too. <laughs> so while we're considering this subject of humility, I believe that there is a fine line between true principles of humility and the false exhibition of humility that masquerades as that. Sure. Um, Paul wrote this in Romans 12 and 3. He says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. First Peter 5 and 6, Peter wrote, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So as followers, as believers of Christ, or people that are trying to do better just in life, because I think this is even good just for people that may not even call themselves Christian, I do believe that uh, humbling oneself will take a purposeful action on the individual. It just doesn't come. So we need to be mindful and make this. So I think this is important for us as, as humanity. I think that uh, we should live humble lives because it's just better that way. 
Well, there has to be an intentionality there, right? Absolutely. I mean, so much of what we, we preach and teach and believe is uh, an outward display of what's on the inside. And right. I think humility is just another example of that. Right, absolutely. And it's the thing that's easily discernible, in my opinion. One of the easily. One of the easier yes, ones, yes, for I sure. I would say Because, man, when somebody's falsely humble, you, it, it, oh, you totally pick up on that. Yeah, or yeah, the bragger, you, or you know, yeah, right. And we're gonna talk. <laughs> I'm gonna talk about that here in a second. But that's the truth. But Jesus, our perfect example, said even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said in Luke 22 and 42, he said, "Nevertheless, not my will, but thine, be done." I believe a person's expressions will show exactly what they're thinking, mm-hmm. especially those of us, namely me, who you can read me like a book. I'm very easy. <laughs> you can tell what I'm thinking, whether I'm smirking or whether I'm growling. But I believe a person's expressions will tend to display humbleness or arrogance overall. I think that we as Christians need to pursue the path of being uh, uh, living humble lives and, and being people that are led by humility, rejecting pride and arrogance overall. Um, and then finally, to understand what humility is, uh, Webster uh, defines it as the quality or state of being humble in spirit, free from pride or arrogance. So, so now that we know what uh, humility is and what we're talking about, let's just hit the elephant in the room that you just alluded to. Man has a tendency to exhibit pride in a great way. Uh, Again, arrogance and pride always has a way of showing up on a person's face exactly at the wrong times. (laughs) Um, You can't miss a, a certain look of people when they... Maybe and we're not talking about not talking about satisfied or or happy or in a proud way being proud of their children and etc. But what we're referring to is basically that pride that exalts oneself, especially above somebody else. And and I just want to make that distinction right now. So, anyways, well, and that's something for me that I've noticed more. How do I want to say this? You know, since I've had an infilling of the Holy Ghost. When, when we serve at like the kids' school, or yes. when we volunteer for something, and people want to give us praise for that, it's a uh, I'm appreciative of it, right? But you know, five years ago, I would have stood up and said, "Yes, thank you, I did this. I'm so thankful," you know. Right. But now it's I I struggle sometimes to make sure I'm not crossing that line of taking taking honor and glory from where it should be placed. Right. You know, so like when is it okay for me to take a little bit of that and when is it when should I give all that up? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good stuff. Hopefully this is this study, these principles will teach us where that drawing line is. Well, and that's what I want because I want to live an honoring life, of course. Yes. And I think there's room in there for for me to get a little bit of I don't want to call it praise, but I guess I want to I want to experience thankfulness from people so that they can be thankful certainly without taking it away from where it should be certainly and i think i think in that setting what you're referring to i think it could be a positive affirmation for you yes to continue that's what i want as well as it is an affirmation to them that hey this is something that it's not just there's room not just for me to do it but for you as well to join in and and get the job done. Whatever yeah. Well, is. and it helps to create a culture of service. Yes. And, yeah. That's exactly right. David felt it was important. He referenced it in Psalms 10 and 4. I won't read that. And then, of course, Solomon, the wisest 
man that the word and the world acknowledges in Proverbs 16 and 18. He said, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So many people quote Solomon's words, but Solomon further referenced the remedy for mankind's dilemma with regards to pride in Proverbs 29 and 23. He said, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor, right? This is kind of what you were referencing, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. So we as humanity, we have that issue that, 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 deal that weakness that we do that we reference pride and sometimes pride is a shield for other things but we won't go there but yeah that's a separate lesson right exactly (laughs) so if we can recognize that here we're talking about humbleness and humility the opposite is pride so we've we've just brought scriptures to our attention on what pride is and how that it kind of generates in in the humanness of us we need to recognize that the enemy of humility is pride. And so if that's the case, then I believe in taking uh, intrinsic pieces out of the word and using that to our day, today's life. So in other words, instead of just knowing, okay, well, it's pride, I need to work on, on pride and, and etc. I think we need to recognize where pride comes from. So there are three places that we can discern and read in the Word of God where pride generates from. Number one, it generates from Satan. Mm -hmm. Number two, it generates from our continual fallen nature. And three, it generates from our purposeful self-exaltation. So then would this be an extension of the battle between flesh and spirit. Absolutely. So when we talk about being humble in spirit, mm-hmm. that's when we're suppressing the flesh. Yes. And the flesh says, hey, man, give me this praise. Right. Okay. Right. So it's another... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. That's exactly right. And so so number one, let's just go on. Okay. So hopefully it'll continue to sure, build sure. on what we're talking about here. So... The three places, the number one place where pride generates from is the pride from Satan. In fact, Paul wrote in Timothy, he exhorted Timothy uh, with regards to qualifications of being a bishop. And he revealed to him the danger of the inexperience among new and young ministers uh, because they may swell up with sinful pride and etc., and they fall in condemnation. And so in 1 Timothy 3 and 6, he said, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. So Paul referenced the importance of where pride comes from, and it comes from the devil. John admonished the church in 1 John 2 and 16. He said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. So in other words, lust and pride grow out of the system of this world and from the influence of the God of this world, which is Satan. So as believers, we have to guard against the intrusion of Satan on every level, right? But especially, see, it's that old saying, if you're history buff like I am, I think you are. Oh, yeah. We know that Rome, as the, as the saying goes, but it is a true thing that Rome had no natural enemies because they were so powerful. 
But what destroyed Rome was the implosion of itself. Yeah, the decay from the inside. Yes, exactly. And so the devil cannot beat a Holy Ghost-filled, spirit-led son or daughter of God. Amen. He can't yep. when they're prayed up, right, when they're full of the Holy Ghost. However, what he will try to do, he'll, he, instead of coming through the front door, he'll try to slip in through the back door or the back kitchen window, and then he'll <laughs> just kind of wait until we're not paying attention at our, our one of our weaker moments, and he will try to implant from within. And those things that are within, I don't want to get too out there, but it's pride. Sure. He'll start the things that will cause a decay on the inside of our living. And I... And I think, especially now, my goodness, we can see the decay. But mankind, believers, must not love the world systems as it is right now. Um, it fosters fleshly lust, pride. It's counterculture, as it were, to godly humility overall. And Satan attempted in vain to appeal to the fleshly desires of Jesus Christ with regards when he was tempting him, mm-hmm. right? And again, I don't want to go into that, but I think we're all familiar with when Jesus was fasting, when his, in his flesh was weak, Satan tried to appeal to the prideful air, air, air aspect of his flesh. Sure. I'll give you the kingdoms of this world if you bow down, etc., and so on. And so we need to recognize that Satan wants us to be prideful people. And I will say one indicator as a pastor to people, um, when they say, you know, am I doing right? Am I living right? I pretty much ask them what's their mindset. Have they Number one, have they prayed through? Are they, what's their mm-hmm. consistent prayer life? The second thing is that I'm asking them, is there something that, that, that you always, you're so proud of that it could cause a problem with you? So this is part of my pastoral sure. counseling. I ask people, and, and not, not in so many words, but basically I'm, I'm talking to them, I'm interviewing them. Are you thinking things that, uh, do you recognize that everything is about him and not about you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, but we have one thing against that. Even though Satan is trying to implant pride within us and cause some issues within us, the Bible says uh, Jesus responded back to Satan in Matthew 4 and 7. He, does, he said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. All right, so that's the first part where pride generates from. The second one is the fallen nature of our mankind, of our of our of our humility or our hump our humanity is what I'm trying to say. Satan tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden, we know. Yep. And what he hoped to do was to arouse her interest and to appeal to her natural, normal curiosity to make her feel deprived and to awaken pride within her spirit when he was asking her about that tree and have you ate of the tree? Sure. Why doesn't God want you to have from that tree? He said in Genesis 3 and 5, you shall be as gods. Yep. So uh, that's what we are. <laughs> Just like Eve, we... We pride is awakened in us when we feel like we're being deprived. And so that fallen nature is the second thing that is part where that derives, that brings about pride. Eve took the bait, we know. She led her husband to join her disobedience. And since that eventful day in the Garden of Eden, mankind has been a victim 
to the fallen nature of them and us. So while sin entered into Adam and Eve, mankind became guilty. Scriptures warn repeatedly about the fallen nature. Revelations 2 and 5 says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent. So we know what defeats Satan in that first point is the word, Mm -hmm. right? The second point that beats the fallen nature of mankind is repentance. It's just asking God, hey, forgive me. And we know what repentance is. It's not a matter of just saying it. Sure. It's a matter of doing it. It's an action. It's an action. It's a turn and an about face away from that mistake. So you mentioned the word intentionally. Here it is. A person must intentionally overcome his human pride by consistently surrendering his will to God. Well, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough sometimes. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Absolutely. Uh, our fallen nature is us, right? We're, we're humanity. And it is difficult to achieve it, to get this true humility. But we have to work at it. Yeah. We never arrive. I just, you know, I don't... And that's this, hard, too. Yes. Because it's how do I know when I've made it? And the truth is, you don't. You don't until you get on the other side. Yes. So it so so in other words, you said it intentionally. You have to intentionally do it, whether you think that you're an actual humble person by and large or not. It has to be something that you do every day. Yeah. So uh, the third thing is the self exaltation of us. Paul wrote in Romans twelve and three, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is wrong among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. Someone I read this, someone told a a haughty young man one time, said, Don't hold your nose so high. You may drown if it rains. <laughs> now <laughs> so just what is what does haughty mean? Because we we've, we've You've used that word a couple of times. It's in scripture yeah. a couple of times. Today. Yeah, I just want to be clear that that's one of those things I listen to, like that goes by, and I wonder what's that mean, and then I never get back to asking it. Yes, and, I, and I know someone's listening right now, going, "Okay, I don't know what." Yeah, what means. did he just say? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't have a Webster, so I couldn't give you Webster's yeah, dictionary. Just give but me I can, the, I can the give street, you. Yeah, I can give you the Street Steve definition. Which man, that could be anything. But yeah. haughty is. I believe it's more King James for uh, uh, pride. But haughty is also the spirit that derives from it. Not only is pride, pride is like A, haughtiness is B, right? So is it rebelliousness? Well, it? It, it's, it streamlines into other things, yes. So haughtiness is the spirit, the, the uprightness, as it were, to walk around in pride mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know, you've seen them, other coworkers. So brag and boast. And well, all of that, yes. Just puffed out. Yes, it's just... It's, I've got the corner office, Jane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, it seems to be the wellspring to other sure. things, right? Okay. Um, I believe that we as Christians need to, with regards to the self-exaltation of ourselves, we need to war against that spirit because it is opposite of God. And in fact... I can submit to you that the self-exaltation premise, spirit, whatever you want to call it, that comes from us started in heaven, and it started with Lucifer. What did he want to do? He said, I will ascend 
I will, uh, in other words, he, he was trying to get to the place where God was. And so he was exalting himself and it became rebellion and he was cast out from it. And so this self-exaltation of always trying to sing your own songs and, and, uh, live your truths and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to say things that, uh, only builds you up. Uh, as as a minister, as a preacher, I feel like that ministers, my peers, myself, uh, and other men of God, I have found that our egos are very strong. And it's very important that we need to submarine our egos. And as Christians, what I mean by that is that we need to always just put down because you're you're up in the forefront. You get to preach. You're you're controlling everything. There's sure. people that have submitted themselves under your watchful eye spiritually. And sometimes people, to use the analogy of a preacher or pastor, they tend to get off center and they use their ego and they think it's about them. And no wonder we see these uh, television evangelists and and the the so hubris funny. so funny that rolls off of them. Yeah. Because they have a nice little line, um, you know. You can't lose with the stuff I use, you know. And we think, oh, that's anointing. Oh, that's that's puff. But I think maybe I I may dial it back and talk about self exaltation because uh, you know. And then they get up there and their nine hundred dollars <laughs> shoes and their three thousand dollars suit and right. <laughs> but anyway, that that's a separate uh, series we may have to do one day as a no, <laughs> you know, absolutely kind of like exposing some of that stuff. No, absolutely. So I believe, Steve, is that ambition, well, no, no, ambition is good by itself. Please, we need to be the best at whatever we do, whenever we do it as Christians, because it reflects God. However, unchecked ambition and an overblown sense of self-worth, all it does is that it plants seeds of things like disrespect, disobedience, rebellion, Rather, I think a believer should pursue true humility and seek first the kingdom of heaven, according to Matthew 6 and 33. Jesus presented the parable concerning the differences between the prayers of the Pharisees and the publican. He said it in Luke 18 and 9, uh, directing the parable, certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. The Pharisee was of opinion that he was superior to the publican. The Pharisee smugly prayed, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this, and you can almost see in your mind's eye the extension of his finger, as this publican, Luke 18 and 11. And Jesus contrasted that spirit of the Pharisee with that of the publican by giving an overview of the publican's prayer. Luke 18 and 13, the publican prayed opposite of that. He said, standing afar off, this publican, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, and he smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me. I am a sinner. So Luke 18 and 14 says this. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I want to just say this. 
what heaven's going to be like, I've heard this said, so I'm going to borrow analogy from the pastors that I grew up under as I was growing up as we begin to close this part of this lesson, is that in heaven, I do believe it's going to be like this while we're all standing there, the great white throne judgment. And when God is beginning to tell these people to enter in, enter in, I believe the last shall be first, the first shall be last. I think probably the first kinds of people that are going to walk in is going to be some elderly grandmother that prayed and prayed. Mm -hmm. And they're going to walk in and they're going to pass all the ones that were big in stature. I think they're even going to pass maybe even some that have even martyred their lives. But they're going to walk in because they were humble of spirit and that they made God their all in all. I believe that's how heaven is going to be. And when we all get in there, and I plan on being there, and I want to take as many as I, as I can, when we all get there, we're going to recognize at that moment that it was never about us at all. And the Bible says that we're going to take the crowns off, off, off our head and we're going to cast them at his feet because we're going to recognize that we were products of grace and mercy, Amen. and that's the reason why we're there. So why not now, listener, why not now you and I decide within ourselves that we be humble and that we would uh, erase pride out of our lives? We're not talking about being uh, uh, happy and proud of our children or accomplishments. My God, that is not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is where it's in, it's in an inordinate kind of fashion to where it it skews your spiritual reality and your perspective yeah that's good stuff uh well that's all the time we have for this episode uh, we're going to continue this and i pray that this was a blessing for you and that you'll join us as we continue to study the kingdom principles and study god's word please follow us on our various platforms so you won't miss an episode of this exciting series thank you for listening